You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Thanks for joining us for this Viva podcast. Today we'll be discussing an extremely important topic, the prevention of cross-contamination in our practice. Our guest is Dr. Marian Fenica, an international lecturer and hands-on dental trainer in Europe and Asia. Dr. Fenica's professional memberships include the European Association of Osseointegration, the Society of Aesthetic Dentistry in Romania, and the Dentistry National Organization in Romania. First, I would like to thank our sponsor, Centrix. Centrix offers a broad range of innovative dental products that cover delivery systems, endodontics, impressioning, prevention, restorative, temporization, tissue management, and more. Centrix prides itself in developing products that truly make life easier for dentists and staff, helping them in so many different ways with their everyday practice. For more information, visit CentrixDental.com. Dr. Fenica, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk. Phil, it's a pleasure as always to be, uh, to be here with you. Thank you yeah. for inviting me. And we're honored to have you on the show all the way from Romania. So we're talking to someone who's uh, thousands of miles away, and um, we're very happy to hear your insight on this ex- very, very important topic of uh, COVID and cross-infection. So to begin, tell us what type of cross-infection is most likely associated with dental treatments. Um, the risk of transmission of uh, pathogen in a dental office uh, is still unknown, but uh, cannot be considered negligible. Um, as a fact, uh, influenza viruses can uh, survive on uh, hard surfaces up to 48 hours, while uh, viral particles of uh, highly contagious uh, norovirus can live uh, on surfaces for days. And um, my worry and uh, my uh, my personal uh, favorite bacteria, let's say, the, in, in cases like this, uh, will be uh, methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus that even can survive on surfaces anywhere from seven days up to seven months. Uh, transmission of uh, microorganisms in a dental office may occur by direct contact, including blood-to-blood contact, or by um, inhalation, ingestion of the microorganisms from uh, dental unit water. Um, I think the most uh, study organism is the methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus, uh, which is responsible for a substantial uh, amount of healthcare-associated uh, infection, which are really, really difficult to to treat. And uh, methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus is uh, most frequently isolated in uh, in both the nose and the the oral cavity. Um, Can you repeat that a little slower? It's methicillin. Resistant Staphylococcus aureus. Okay, Staphylococcus aureus. Okay, gotcha. All right, so so that's a bacteria, though, is it not? Yeah, it's um, one of the the worst bacteria that uh, you can meet in a dental office and also in the in the hospital because uh, it's a bacteria that it's also resistant to most of our antibiotics. Other microorganisms such as uh, Escherichia coli, Klebiscella pneumoniae, norovirus, or Candida albicans, uh, for which transmission uh, via direct contact is uh, possible. Um, also, one of the microorganisms of which transmission has been established in uh, oral surgery practice is uh, hepatitis uh, C virus, hepatitis B, and uh, also HIV. Mm-hmm. And uh, microorganism spreads by aerosol can uh, can cause diseases like uh, influenza, the common cold, but also uh, respiratory diseases uh, such as uh, tuberculosis or uh, legionary disease. And of course, we are talking about the risk of uh, infection with uh, SARS-CoV-2, or uh, which uh, gave us the the disease uh, called COVID-19. Right. So it sounds like there's plenty to be 
careful of when you're in a dental practice, both from the standpoint of the they, dental clinician yeah. and, also, and also the patient. So with COVID pandemic going on now, we've seen a significant increase in infection control procedures to reduce the possibility of cross-contamination. So in addition to more PPE and more environmental controls, are there any other ways, equipment, devices that can help dentists further reduce the risks from cross-contamination? Um, I think we must treat every patient as a possible carrier for COVID-19. Uh, we must see them as a, a symptomatic person, but which can still have a viral load uh, that it can be spread. I know it sounds a little bit like paranoia, but uh, I think it's uh, safer to, to think uh, this way. And I think all the patient and uh, dental practice, this is actually, I think, from uh, ADA uh, guidelines, um, all the patients and dental practice staff uh, must be screened for uh, symptoms of COVID-19 prior to entering the dental facility. Uh, also screen all the patients for COVID-19 symptoms uh, before the dental appointment by a telephone to confirm uh, uh, non-COVID status. Um, in Romania, we, we have uh, right now a law, I, I don't know if it's the same in, uh, in US, but we are not allowed to have more than two patients in the same time in the waiting room. And uh, we have to provide uh, them at least 1.5 uh, meter, uh, meters between the between the chairs. Uh, also, before starting the, any uh, dental procedure, uh, the patient should rinse their mouth with 1% uh, uh, peroxide hydrogen uh, solution for, uh, for 20 seconds. The most common way that we are already used for, uh, for years in, uh, in our practice is to use special def uh, disinfectants uh, designed for, uh, for dental use that can kill most of the viruses or uh, bacteria in 30 seconds up to one minute. And also another recommendation uh, will be to allow at least um, 15 minutes up to 30 minutes between the, the patients so the aerosols uh, can settle. Another thing will be to avoid as much as possible instruments that are generating uh, aerosols like sonic, uh, ultrasonic scaler, intraoral sandblaster. Um, and I'm using right now, and we are using for a, a few years in the in the dental office, uh, UVC light, so ultraviolet uh, light. And it's not a new thing used in, uh, in medicine to disinfect the air for uh, airborne pathogen. And right now we have uh, a lot of studies that uh, are showing us that uh, uh, SARS-CoV-2, uh, it can be easily destroyed by, uh, by this type of, uh, of light. And mm -hmm. of course, always use a rubber dam when it's possible. Have you uh, had any information at all about povidone iodine rinse, 0.2%? Yeah, I, I heard about that. We are right now using um, uh, peroxide hydrogen. And uh, I know there are uh, multiple substances that uh, it can be used. Right, so it's not a bad idea to have the patient rinse with one of these. No, actually, it's, I think it's mandatory. Even if you are excluding the COVID uh, uh, situation, it's, it's, I think it's mandatory because you are lowering uh, already the bacterial uh, uh, from the patient mouth, no matter if you are going to, to make an extraction, if you are packing cord, you are left there with less bacteria. It's mandatory if you have um, an implant, for example. So those are uh, already techniques that we are using for, for years right now in, uh, in uh, our dental offices. Mm -hmm. So... When we talk about different kinds of products that reduce cross-contamination, does it cost more to take or does it take more time to use specific products that reduce the risk of cross-contamination? And, and 
please give us an example of something that you're doing in your office re related to this. Uh, when I'm thinking about the products that are uh, lowering the risk of uh, cross-contamination, I think first to, to products that are packed in unidose. And yes, products that are packed in unidose will be a little, uh, a little bit more expensive than the one uh, uh, packed in, uh, in bulk. But you gain the advantage of speed. And um, in my practice, uh, the time is the most expensive material. Also, unidose uh, will give you more uh, precise placement. And uh, in the end, you can save money uh, basically by not throwing away a product uh, packed uh, in, a, in bulk that uh, will uh, lose its, uh, its property. Just think about um, uh, temporary material packing jar. Uh, indeed, the initial cost of the of the jar will of the material will be lower than the one packed in unidose. But in the end, you are uh, ending up with uh, throwing a lot of material from the one in the packed in jar because um, usually uh, the last third of the material will be already set uh, inside, or uh, it will lose uh, its properties. And even uh, now, it's um, I would recommend even more to use product in uh, in unidoses because also you are reducing the the risk of uh, cross contamination i'm i'm using a, a lot of uh, of products from uh, from centrix for example for a temporary filling i'm i'm using uh, tempit i'm an endodontist uh, and i'm i'm using a lot of uh, of tempit also calciject basically it's a calcium hydroxide uh, packed uh, in unidose and all the all the material that i'm uh, usually using them, um, try to use uh, product in uh, in unidos, something like lolicane um, for um, a pre an anesthesia. Uh, when you when I'm uh, performing an impression, I'm using uh, Access Edge. Also, it's a retraction material uh, packed uh, in unidos. So I will highly recommend to use uh, product in uh, in unidos because in the end you are uh, saving time and. Uh, by that, you are saving a lot of money. So based on your practicing dentistry for about, I'd say, what, 16 years now? You've been 16 years. Yeah. 16 years. Are there specific product categories or specific procedures that are uh, greater risk with today's pandemic and, and other uh, transmissible diseases that you described earlier? Mm, yeah, um, major, uh, a major uh, concern in uh, medical, especially in a dental setting, because uh, this is what we are talking about, are the procedures that uh, result in a significant production of uh, respiratory aerosols or liquid particles that uh, take longer to, to settle out uh, of, the, of the air, which may be small enough to potentially increase uh, transmission risk. Uh, these are referred to as aerosol-generating uh, medical procedure. Uh, cert, uh, certain dental procedures are um, associated with uh, significant uh, aerosol generation, including uh, ultrasonic and sonic scalar, uh, high-speed uh, dental handpieces, um, tooth preparation, uh, for example, with uh, air abrasion, uh, air uh, turbine handpiece, uh, air polisher, and uh, air water syringes. So basically, most of our instruments are generating uh, a lot of uh, aerosols. Um, also, on uh, administrative uh, control of uh, waiting period, uh, as I already mentioned, um, between 15 and 30 uh, minutes uh, prior to the next patient, uh, will allow for uh, settling of aerosols that may pose an uh, infection uh, risk. We really can't avoid, you know, creating aerosol if we're dentists. Now, yeah, there, there are things that doctors are doing now in, in the States here 
um, that are becoming much more popular, air filtration systems, for example, that stay on the floor. There's, you know, there's standalone units and yeah. they, there's multiple ways in which the air is filtered. Some of them are single pass, some require multiple passes. Um, and there's short wave, I think it's short wave UV light, plus there's HEPA filters built into this thing and a half a dozen other ways of trapping uh, particles that are 0.3 microns to 0.5 microns, which would cover COVID. Is that something you suggest? Something like that in, uh, in our dental uh, office. Mm -hmm. uh, we uh, bought that uh, device, especially when uh, we are preparing uh, the teeth for, uh, for impression. Uh, and we are generating a lot of uh, aerosols. But what I uh, found that, let's say in the most optimistic uh, manner, you are absorbing something like 30% of the aerosols or the high velocity uh, liquid particles. And that's why I think it's really important for the, that period of uh, waiting after uh, the, the uh, procedure is done. So all those um, bigger droplets will, will settle and then you can uh, uh, further disinfect with uh, UVC lamp. Um, we are using uh, air purifiers, but of course they will help. They will help uh, a lot. But yeah. it's not like uh, something magical that uh, uh, they will kill all the all the bacteria, right? So or the viruses. and it is it is a multifaceted approach. You, there's that's exactly yeah. right. You, there's no one silver bullet here. Um, what about fogging in between patients? We have a device that uh, basically works um, by pulverizing um, a very fine uh, mist of um, peroxide hydrogen. Uh, we have a device like that in the waiting room, and also um, we are activating that uh, device after uh, each patient, after the procedure is done. Also um, putting the air purifier uh, on the max and also using uh, UVC light to use a multiple, uh, multiple approach to, to be sure that uh, you can kill as much as uh, possible from, uh, from the viruses and the Mm -hmm. Are you right, planning? To are you planning to continue this kind of infection control protocol after the uh, virus is pretty much defeated within a certain amount of time after the vaccine comes I, out? Actually, we uh, we use uh, this protocol except the neb nebulizer. I think uh, is the the device called the device that will uh, spray a fine mist of uh, disinfecting particles. But uh, the UVC light we use them for uh, a few years right now, and uh, we have two types of uh, UVC light. It's uh, one that uh, work. Um, as uh, long we are in the dental office, but that it's uh, mounted uh, parallel to the to the ceiling, uh, and um, no uh, UV light will come in, uh, in contact with uh, our staff or or the patient. And also we have a much more powerful uh, UVC lamp that uh, they will be um, uh, turned on after uh, each patient. So for five minutes, ten minutes, uh, we are just closing that uh, that office and uh, turn the uh, more powerful UVC lamp and also the air purifier. And that's that's why uh, I mentioned earlier that by using something like Unidose uh, will save you money in the end. Because imagine that by using something that uh, will uh, make your uh, work much uh, easier and much faster, 
you are uh, able to to finish that uh, that procedure much earlier, so that you allow time for the disinfection of that uh, that space. Mm -hmm. So you you recommend shutting down that operatory after the patient leaves after the procedure for you said 15, yeah. 15 minutes or or longer. Uh, we we were doing something like five ten minutes with a powerful UVC lamp and the air purifier to to the max. Right now we have to close it something like fifteen thirty minutes. Do you run the air purifier during the procedure as well? Yeah, all the time. So the air purifying it's uh, working, let's say, from uh, uh, four speeds during the the procedure on um, second speed. When we are out, when we are closing the the office, it's on the max, so it can um, move as much as possible air uh, filtrated through the HEPA filter, and also uh, move as much as possible uh, in front of the UVC lamps. Is that a standalone unit that sits on the floor that pulls the air away from the patient down towards your feet? Uh, actually, this one, it's uh, recirculating all the, the air from the dental office and um, will keep uh, bacteria, fine dust, uh, uh, aerosols trapped in the, in the HEPA filter. Uh, the device that uh, you are uh, putting uh, on the floor next to the patient mouth when, uh, when you are working, uh, I myself, I consider that will make uh, too much noise for me to, to work all the time with, uh, with that. And I'm performing uh, a lot of endodontics, so I'm using rubber dam. I'm, I don't think I generate a lot of aerosols. And even when I do generate uh, aerosols by uh, making an uh, access cavity with, um, uh, uh, with a turbine, I already have the rubber dam in place. So I'm not uh, uh, alternating any saliva from the patient mouth. Uh, the tooth is already disinfected with, uh, with alcohol uh, prior to making the access cavity. So. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So, but if you in in this situation where a dental hygienist is using ultrasonics, I think uh, they do have standalone devices now that stay down on the floor yeah. that yeah. are quieter. They're so. quieter, and and they just pull the air away from the operator because we don't want, you know, the the staff to to be subjected to my anything. colleague that uh, for example is doing a lot of uh, prosthodontics and uh, is doing a lot of uh, teeth preparation he's using uh, a device like that uh, all the time uh, next to the the patient uh, face so he can trap as much as uh, possible uh, from the from the aerosols yeah, so yeah. it depends a lot on on the procedure that uh, you are doing i know uh, henry shine dental sells uh, radic 8 r a d i c 8 radic 8 is supposed to be very very good it includes a lot of different methods of uh, purifying the air. No, that's been great information. So just to wrap up this podcast, my last question is, if you were to suggest to our listeners, you know, what is the most important thing you can do in your office today to reduce the risk of cross-contamination, what would that be? But, you know, I had that question already written down, but based on what you're saying, it is a multifaceted approach. There's not one thing yeah, you can exactly. do. So, but if you, if you want to take a shot at answering that question, all, all the better. I think you should use uh, multiple hand pieces. Uh, I know this uh, sounds expensive, uh, but you have to allow um, every um, turbine, for example, to, to be in the autoclave by turn. And if you are um, making a small calculation, uh, you are increasing the life uh, expectancy of uh, every uh, hand piece by not using uh, uh, eight hours uh, a day. Um, I already mentioned uh, UVC lights that I think it's a must in every dental uh, office. Um, even if you are using a low power one that uh, it will um, 
uh, be on all the time, but keep in mind that it should not be uh, in contact with the, with the skin of the medical or, or the patient. Uh, you can use devices that uh, they will um, be like air purifiers and inside of them they will have a UV lamp and also you can use that uh, all the time. So air purifiers, in my opinion, also are a must in a, in a dental office. And I think uh, you should always use a rubber dam when possible. Of course, you cannot use it in a surgery uh, when you are prepping the uh, a tooth, for example. Uh, but rubber dam provide a, a great benefit for uh, for dentists and, uh, and patient. Uh, for dentists, by I already mentioned, by maintaining a, a dry field, um, avoiding the contact with saliva or blood, and for the patient, by avoiding any accidents like uh, risk of swallowing any substances or instruments uh, like file bursts uh, when you are removing uh, an old amalgam filling, and um, you're also keeping um, substances like sodium hypochlorite uh, away from uh, patient muc uh, mucosa. This is just an example. Well, listen, uh, we really appreciate it, Dr. Fenica. We appreciate your insight, and um, thanks for joining us from Romania. It's the beauty of the internet. We can interview you exactly. and <laughs> learn from you. And you've done you've done some great webinars for people learning. I hope hope you continue to do them and. Thank you so much for uh, for having me here, and uh, I hope uh, the information that uh, that I I give to to my colleague will will be helpful, or maybe uh, they will start to to search after that uh, over the UVC lamps or air purifiers. Or I don't know. I hope that was uh, helpful. Thank you very much. Thank you also. Awesome.